0: Today, a classic conversation on Compassion Radio. Heroes are not born to greatness. They are made, so some say. Hi, Ram Flory here with Compassion Radio, where we take a good, hard look at the state of the kingdom of God wherever it is found. And today is no different. Yesterday, I introduced you to a mentor and a dear friend of mine, Scott Nauman. After almost 50 years of intrepid worship evangelism and intrepid missional living, he's in a whole new chapter of life, one that you might be entering yourself, whether you're 80, 18, or somewhere in between. It's in no small part due to the upheaval that billions have experienced in the past two years or so. COVID may be the defining event of this generation, but for the kingdom of God, what the Holy Spirit is doing in his body in the midst of it all is probably the bigger story. Much bigger, I'd say. So we're going to jump back into a free-ranging conversation on how God is showing up in all of it and what God is asking us to pay attention to right here and right now. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Take those who are watching those events and give them a voice, give them an opportunity, give them a platform to be able to be a participant of some sort. Tell their story tell their transformation, be open to what the Holy Spirit is doing in their lives. In our fellowship on Sunday mornings, we have we call them the fingerprints of God. And so it's just a natural thing to say, we are watching for the fingerprints of God this last week. And we don't play top that testimony. It's not that one is any greater or any less than the other. Mm-hmm. But I'm hearing it from other people. It's like that open mic time yeah. where people actually have a chance. And that's what God orchestrates in the encouragement and the building up of the body of Christ. It's fantastic.
0: Does the body need building now is the big question. Oh my
1: goodness. <laughs> you know, it's one of the things coming out of COVID, the whole element of where fear has entered into mm-hmm. our culture enter into the body of Christ at various levels, different people and different maturity levels where somebody's at with their relationship with the Lord, to be able to take that. And just like you say, what I thought was going to be the day that I went to heaven and that I got to see the Lord face to face, but he wasn't done with me yet. And I get on the other side of that. And all of a sudden, I understand much more of the psalmist when it talks about the Lord is my light and my salvation. So tell me again, who I'm supposed to fear. Refresh my memory. Only
0: the Lord, because he's the beginning of wisdom.
1: Yes. Yeah. And that's the full round of it. And to be able to say, it always comes back to the Lord. And if it doesn't, well, then we need to do a better job of pointing each other to him
0: in the midst of it. And you're talking about a will issue here, because in our English language, of course, we have this thing where afraid and fear are the same thing. Yeah. It's not the same thing. Not the same thing. So there is no shame in the fear that we understand as being afraid. Mm Mm-hmm. There is natural responses to things that need to be recognized, and there are triggers. We talk about trauma Mm -hmm. and how much of it is coming to light now, even the horrible underbelly of even the Baptist church having to deal with the sins of the past and the ones that persist in their own institutions, like they would have pointed the finger at the Catholics 20 years before. Right, exactly right. Institutional power has its perversions and has its temptations and its lusts. Mm -hmm. They always do. Because when sin is hidden, it festers. Mm-hmm. The light of the gospel comes in and cleans it out and restarts us and reinvigorates us. But often has to either put to death something or to resurrect something, yeah. not just put a bandaid on it and let the scab heal. Right. No. You know, There's a big thing underneath that God has to do sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I kind of think he's doing that with us in our Western culture right now. Totally agree. Yeah, totally agree. I think this is a
1: time when, is it a reinvention or is it a go back to square one kind of thing? And I think it's a combination of
0: both. We talk a lot about the first century church and how much we want to capture that. You and I have seen it out there in the world. It's living itself out. But I feel like we're almost like at the second or third century church saying, now what? We've seen that, and we, our fathers have seen the glory of the Lord close up. And we remember as kids the testimonies or the missionary stories, and we're the bridge. You and I are that bridge between the next generations of the 21st century that didn't get to hear those Bible stories and those missionary reports and those slideshows and that kind of stuff. They're on the Internet constantly, so everything's immediate and right in their faces, but Mm -hmm. they don't necessarily get trained to see or look for god in those things mm-hmm. and we're not teaching them in the church right now to say here's how to find jesus where you are on facebook or on TikTok or mm-hmm. when you're in school or whatever yeah you know here's how to look for those fingerprints of god mm-hmm. that really hasn't happened as far as i can tell no,
1: no and, and i agree The in the instant aspect of that you know the the missionaries used to come in with their slide carousels mm-hmm. and i remember at one point i was in a christian missionary alliance church back in minnesota mm-hmm. and they knew that i was open to the leading of the holy spirit and they said tell us about the church Mm -hmm. and i said well this is who the church is and they said we have two slide trays that we can show tonight for the missions conference one is safe
0: for consumption with the family
1: for 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 everybody and theologically it's not going to move anybody's cheese Mm -hmm. the other is going to say this was a person who received sight Mm -hmm. But wait, I thought that that wasn't supposed to happen. You tell us which slide tray we should show tonight.
0: Do you want the one to your doctrine or do you want the one of the Holy Spirit's expression? Exactly right. And which
1: is is the safe? They showed us the real deal and it was was fabulous. And the Holy Spirit just moved mightily during that week of their being there at the church. I, I would also say, Bram, that one of the things that is a part of that Is that we were with that missionary family for a week Mm -hmm. and they broke bread. It was part of that fellowship of believers. Don't neglect the assembling of yourselves together. Mm -hmm. We could have posted any one of those slides of a miracle and it would have been no different than what I used to do on Sunday mornings with the big pageantry of things. It's an event. Mm -hmm. That slide is an event that Sunday morning was an event. Yeah. What's missing is that missionary sitting at my kitchen table and us breaking bread together. One of my family members or some kids in our church that would be able to say, can I pray for you? Mm. Or I remember that night when I met so-and-so and they told me this story and it changed my life forever. Yeah, That's the part of iron sharpening iron that Concerns me so much with portal and Zoom and streaming, and I don't have to get dressed to go to church in the morning. And it's just, I'm a spectator. I have become one of those seventy five thousand people watching the Broncos play. And the most I'm going to do is maybe put on a few pounds because I had a couple of hot dogs and I lost my voice.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's it. And then I blew a bunch of money you on made the major offering. Right. That was my and that <laughs> that was what I brought to the table. Yeah. Well is that much different than what I used to do on Sunday mornings to say, man, they were singing, go God, they were singing their hearts out and it was wonderful. But the transformation didn't take place and a key element of that transformation was the interaction of the body of Christ and the relationships that you and I share after 35, 40 years, whatever it is. I mean, it's it's incredible to be able to say, we pick up right where we left off, but that's because we had a relationship at that point that we just continue on today.
0: And you know, when you're sitting down with somebody that, this relationship is already eternal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You amen. know, it's it's not likely to disappear forever because it can't. Yes. It's not its nature. Yeah. However, it takes some work to get ourselves back into that wavelength. Yeah. I'm saying, you remember what God did when? Yes. You start telling those stories and you start opening up your life again. Yeah. And you get to the point where you're able to share, you know what I'm really working through right now that I don't have an answer for yeah. is this. So you start exploring the now. Yes. And, of course, we both know that this is where turmoil and the torment happens. It's mm-hmm. in the now. It doesn't happen in, in the past. In that wrestle, yeah. We make things make sense in the past. Yeah. We have to reconcile ourselves or we still struggle or we drag along those traumas with us as we go or those joys. hmm But they're not now. Yeah. And now is where the Holy Spirit is active. Yes. You were saying the fruit of ministry and where is the Holy Spirit in those things? We don't really talk about him. I've wondered about what the fruit was of all those years. And I think about the Holy Spirit's work is the invigorating, helping us to keen for the Jesus that the Holy Spirit wants us to see. Mm-hmm. To really just pour our hearts out and not settle for it any less than touching the hem of his garment. Yes. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the difference for me is not just that we saw fruit, but what happened with that fruit on the tree? Yeah. Was it abandoned? Yeah. Was it taken? Did it feed souls along yeah. the way? Yeah, I think about two seasons of lost fruit that we had on our farm down in Texas. Hmm. I couldn't get back down to pick the peaches. My son couldn't pick them because he's allergic to peaches. And he was the only person with a house for like two weeks. <laughs> and I thought, I have lost the biggest bountiful crop of peaches I would love to have made ice cream out of yeah. <laughs> or given away to friends. And yeah, nobody, yeah. because of COVID, could even get over to our farm to go pick them. Yeah. I watched the entire crop disappear. That broke my heart because I planted that tree yeah. and I've nursed it for 15 years yeah. and now it was doing what it was told to do. Yeah. The last time I was through, before we packed up and moved everything to Idaho, I walked around that tree and on the ground was the debris of old fruit from the year before. And in the midst of all that dead fruit were three or four saplings coming up. <laughs> and I thought, God didn't forget that tree, uh-uh. you know. So I wonder now, if we feel like we've lost the fruit, and if so, does God have another plan for what he's going to do about new life because of the seeds that were inadvertently planted Yeah, because of this event, this worldwide phenomenon called COVID? Yeah, You talked about that.
1: You know, Bram, I think that one of the things that has come about is not only the information that may have been right, wrong, or indifferent, we were just inundated with for the last two, three years. But is the ability to maybe say, excuse me, but I've got a question. Mm. Is it okay for me to ask a question? Depends who you talk to. Exactly right. But within the body of Christ, known as his church, the bride of Christ, is it okay to ask a question? And I think one of the great things that God is doing in those little saplings is to be able to say, hey, I don't understand this, or why were we always doing this before? Mm. Is it okay to ask that question? And you're exactly right. To whom are you asking it? And is it a safe thing to to ask that question, or is it your farewell out the door, whatever it might be, a broken fellowship because you just, oh, I asked the wrong question? Well, I don't know that it's the wrong question to ask, and I don't know that it's wrong to ask the question, because it should be a safe enough environment for the body of Christ to say, Scripture only goes one direction. It always goes from stronger to weaker. No matter what story you're reading, no matter Old Testament, New Testament, always goes stronger to weaker. So what question is it that's going to threaten the quote unquote stronger Mm. to chastise or to disassociate with the weaker? No, you're going to bring them in. You're going to answer that question or you're going to say, you know what? That's a great question. And we we need to change that. We we, we did that for decades or it's a part of our denomination, but it really isn't doing anything to draw people closer to the Lord.
0: And I'm also trying to remember how many times Jesus heard a question went, what a stupid question. (laughs) If it got written down in the Gospels. It was because it was important and what happened and transpired in that moment. The encounter was just as important as the question and the answer or the non-answer. Yes. But you never see Jesus just rolling his eyes and scorn. But you can see him getting frustrated, for sure. Yeah. And as a human being saying, you know, I have answered this so many times. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But he never tired of the one who hadn't heard what they needed from God. Right. Right. And he was willing to spend time reiterating without being jaded or cynical. Mm-hmm. I never see yeah. that in Jesus. No,
1: and if there's jaded or cynical, it was usually to those Pharisees and Sadducees. And You've got your reward, dude.
0: Yeah, and it's coming. Compassion Radio will continue to keep bringing you encouragement from the word, inspiring stories from the front lines of faith, and awesome opportunities to make a difference for the kingdom around the world. But we need your help right now to continue doing just that. Every year, we commit ourselves to finding and supporting kingdom projects that are often hidden in plain sight or that have an outsized impact in places that relief agencies or ministries just can't reach. Beginning last year, we put you in the center of the action in Ukraine. We visited with intrepid Ukrainian pastors like Oleg Magditch. With your help, we supported the only worshiping church in no man's land between the warring factions in the Donetsk region and sent money to support war orphans there. These were children of families on both sides of the conflict who were caught up in the horrific violence. And that was before the full-scale invasion by Russia 19 months ago. Since then, we've helped supply farms and hostels where refugees and internally displaced Ukrainians have taken shelter. The pastor I mentioned earlier, well, Oleg now leads an all-volunteer medical evacuation team operating right at the front lines, and he's doing his work right now. On top of everything else, he's working on a whole new program to network emergency workers who do the job of transporting injured civilians and soldiers to safe hospitals away from the front lines. Because of your support of this ministry, I was able to send thousands of dollars worth of computer equipment just this week to assist Oleg in his new initiative to save even more lives. Please, friends, don't give up on your generous support of this ministry and its projects. Give as often as you can to keep these projects alive and to keep these stories coming to you each day. For all that God enables you to do, thank you so much. You can call us at 1-800-868-2478. You can write us at Compassion Radio, PO Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Text the word Compassion to 53445 or you can visit our website, CompassionRadio.com. Use any of these options to make your gift. However you choose to do so, please don't wait. God bless you for all you do and will do in the future. And now, back to our discussion.
1: And if there's jaded or cynical, it was usually to those Pharisees and Sadducees. And, You've got your reward, dude.
0: But yeah, and it's coming. Okay, here's a fair question. Where is Phariseeism alive and well today? <sighs> Oh boy. I think you and I have both seen it a lot because yeah. we've been around people who are in leadership or take their religion seriously, if not their faith.
1: Um, one of the areas where I see it the most in today's world are those who have come through whatever, whether it's COVID, whether it's, you know, what's happening within the institutional church today, whatever the organization might be that they're trying to sustain is. A lone wolf that has all the answers. Mm. You know, the term counsel in, in scripture, not always, but many times it's in the plural. Mm. The counsel of many, the older I get, the less I know and the more I need to ask questions. Mm. But there's also an element that I certainly want to be humble in the midst of that, having a the humility, the contrite spirit that is going to be open to say, I don't have all the answers. I got more gray hair, but I don't have all the answers. I actually have fewer. And the older I get, The more I'm the one raising my hands, asking the question, saying, I I just don't get this. Why did we do this all these years? The Pharisee of today is the one who I believe would proclaim that they had it all figured out. Mm -hmm. I'll go back to the Bill Graham Association. Billy seldom referenced the association without saying the team. Mm -hmm. He always used that phrase, the team. It was Cliff. It was George. It was Grady Wilson. There were those elements of saying, we do this together. You know, they linked arms with Dawson Trotman with, uh, I was just out at the Navigators at Glen Erie last week and, and uh, saw a picture with Dawson Trotman with the team, right? <laughs> Where's the team today? And usually it's somebody that has all the answers, all the pedigree, all the accolades to say, wow, you are you are the, the top-notch rabbi. Yeah. But wait a minute, I've still got more questions. The older I get, the more questions I have. And that's, I think, the person that I would probably shy away from the most, the one that knows it all has all the answers, and doesn't have the team, doesn't have the counsel of many around him.
0: And shames you for not following their immediate advice. Yeah,
1: you know, I mean, there's, wow. (laughs) Yeah, the shame, my goodness. I I think about that. We share the Lord's Supper together every time we get together uh, with our fellowship. And I just have to say that to understand his shame, to associate with his betrayal, to understand the Christ-likeness of what he was experiencing in that upper room, my goodness, and what he was walking into and had walked into, it's an amazing thing. And that shame is something that may be placed on us by other people. Or more often by ourselves for believing what we heard. Right. But to be able to say, no, the freedom that I have in mm. Christ is absolutely incredible. And to know that there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, that shame is coming from nowhere other than the pit of hell. Yeah. We know who our adversary is. And so pay him no mind.
0: My wife and i have talked for years and years about the principle of not letting something live rent free in your head <laughs> you know, and letting the old tapes replay themselves yeah. because we recorded that tape and it wasn't necessarily our voice or someone that we even respect now that was saying the things that are now ricocheting around inside our skulls uh-huh. but they keep coming back to haunt us at the times we need to hear his word yeah not those old tapes yeah and yet Something in us is cranking up that volume yeah. to make sure that the kindness, the gentleness of God does not penetrate. Yeah. We become the ally sometimes of, of God's enemy yeah. by allowing those tapes to keep going. Yeah. Where is the new sweet music? I mean, I think there's a lot of people that are feeling ashamed now that faith didn't seem to add up to much during a time when they were isolated. Mm-hmm. Or they felt like they disappointed God because they weren't faithful to him during those times. Or they lost somebody. Or even the families that had suicides in their family with young people that just couldn't take the isolation. Mm -hmm. And now, who are they? They were the leaders of the faith in their church. They were the anchors of the community and still one of their own family members committed suicide because of the trauma that COVID brought on this world. Mm -hmm. What do they do with that shame? You're in a full pastoral role now because of the necessity of it. Not just for the people that needed to have a leader who understood that this is going to be a difficult road to hoe for a while, but because you needed to be a pastor yeah. and God had to strip away a whole bunch of stuff to let you do it. Yeah, Where are we going?
1: I think one of the things that is very refreshing, and I think this is the Lord just working the soil, is that we're recognizing less and less hierarchy hmm. and more and more the body of Christ. When Lynn and I first moved out to Colorado, we had no biological family. And so we have lived our lives for these 30 some years out here. For the most part, we now have a niece and, and uh, her husband live in Colorado But for most of our time here, our brothers and sisters in Christ, in the fellowship that we were in, were as close or closer to us than our own biological Mm. siblings, parents, grandparents, nieces, cousins.
0: They did life with you.
1: We lived life together. And one of the things that's transpiring right now, Bram, is people are recognizing, who do I have to interact with right now? Who is my family?
0: Who are you willing to be family to?
1: Right. And that relationship, I think, is a wonderful thing. But one of the things that can hinder that is the hierarchy of saying, well, you're a pastor. You shouldn't have problems. You, you shouldn't be dealing with this. Just tell, tell me what to do. Re- tell yeah. me, that's what you've done in years past. I had an accident a few years ago, and I have some nerve damage in my left hand and left arm, and I have atrophy. Mm. And I think about the spiritual atrophy that we have within the body of Christ. And do I have it on both sides? No, it's just on this on this left hand. And I look at that almost daily, and think about the spiritual atrophy that I want to ward against. Mm. And I don't want to do it, and I'm going to use this. It's one of my favorite passages from Isaiah, mounting up on wings of eagles. Back when I was at Northwestern Bible College, back in the day, one of the presidents came back and he preached on that particular passage because we were the Northwestern eagles. Mm. He talked about there may be one time, three times, maybe you can count on one hand how many times you actually mount up on wings as eagles. There might be a dozen or two times that you run and don't grow weary, mm. but the walking and not fainting is the glory of the ordinary. And am I pleased to walk in the glory of the ordinary and to say, I'm walking with the Lord today. I'm walking with the Holy Spirit dwelling within me. Are you kidding me? Christ, Emmanuel was God with us, but then when he left and the Holy Spirit came to dwell in us. Mm. So now I have the Holy Spirit. That's the glory of the ordinary. Yeah. Bram, the more we understand that, and don't have the hierarchy, the the pecking order, if you will, to say, well, I don't have who's a god man, yeah. uh, right? I I don't have the, and and I I so fear heresy mm-hmm. that I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Oh, my goodness, God is so much bigger. You and I have had this conversation, the Wesley boys, as opposed to John Calvin. Which of those three are going to be in heaven? How wide is this between those areas to say, you know what? God is bigger than a lot of this. And if people would just open their mouths, the participation side of things is huge for me. And I think part of that participation then is in relationship, not just opening your mouth.
0: Yeah, and this turns me back to the memory of last week on Facebook, seeing one of the funniest and saddest memes I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> okay. you get one of those old-fashioned Jesus pictures where he's in the you know perfectly turned-out robes. You yeah. got a beautiful little white child sitting on his lap. Okay. And that tenderness, Jesus caring about one child, and the meme says, uh, "It's beautiful, Jesus, but why am I the only one here?" Jesus as well because everyone else's theology was just a little bit off. <sighs> yeah. That's what we end up believing a lot. Right. As if we are trying yeah. to make sure that Jesus follows our rules for who's in and who's not. Yes, yeah. And we get hung up on that in ways that really mess up our life, and our testament the way mm-hmm. we would be willing to live with those who are quote, not like us or don't agree with us, yeah. um, even within Christendom. Mm-hmm. So we have to adjust our sails to trim to where the wind itself is blowing, not the other way around. We're not forcing the Spirit to blow our sails. Yeah. But where is the Holy Spirit in all of this? Because a lot of people have said, I've lost my will to live just in despair. Mm -hmm. There's something about the Holy Spirit, which is like the antidote for despair. It seems that way through scripture, which tells me there's not a lot of communion happening or recognition that if you really are his, whether you feel it or not, he's still there. And I've talked to people about how does God know what you're going through? Because he's looking through your eyes. Mm -hmm. You know, if if you want to know what God sees, look around you. If he's with you, he's seeing what you're seeing. So you got plenty to talk with him about because he's seeing the same thing you're seeing yeah, and not from a different perspective all the time. Mm -mm. He's right through you. I think we end up mistaking the presence of the Holy Spirit because we don't realize that he's with us, standing with us, seeing what we're seeing. He's not standing in front of us in our way. No. So how do we get to know that spirit as we step out now, as we begin to be brave again, walking the path or finding our way to what God has next for us? You know,
1: Bram, I think just raising the question is probably step one, because in so many environments, conversation of the Holy Spirit wasn't taboo. It just wasn't welcomed. I've referenced this before I, in in the hymnals, right? hmm One of my favorite hymnals. You, you go through and you find songs about the Father, mm-hmm. and you'll find 30, 40, 50. You go to find songs about Jesus, you're going to find three, 400. Mm-hmm. You go to find songs on the Holy Spirit, you might find three. Mm-hmm. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh right? Whatever it might be, you know, might might be one of those three. I mean, it's very, very limiting to say, wait a minute, we are so focused on the life of Christ, which I don't want to take the spotlight off.
0: And so is the Spirit.
1: As is the Spirit. So what's the role of the Spirit? To bring glory to the Son and to the Father, right? So in the midst of that, the role of the Holy Spirit today is the Father is seated, the Son is seated, the Holy Spirit is in me. Yeah. That's the position of the Trinity right now. And is it
0: well-seated in you?
1: Yes. I think asking the question, acknowledging the Holy Spirit, just be thinking about the fact that the Holy Spirit dwells within me every single day is a new concept for me having grown up Baptist. Mm Mm-hmm. It is. And it's a fabulous thing because, oh my goodness, that might lead to who knows what that I was told back in the 70s and 80s, we don't want to have any part of. So this is one of those times when I think just the conversation about the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, acknowledging it, Christ in us, the hope of glory, our only hope of glory. Well, that Christ in us is now in the form of the Holy Spirit. The
0: Spirit of a living Christ.
1: And so it's an amazing thing to to walk in that fullness. I mm. have a good friend of mine that always says, Scott, where's the power? Mm. Where's the power? Oh my goodness. Which bound is it that we're going to speak to? Mm. Do I have, oh, that's the Spirit in me. And then combine that with faith. Oh my goodness. Yeah. My faith and my trust in the Lord is so much greater today, Bram, than when it was 10 years ago, 5 years ago, let alone 50 years ago.
0: There's so much more great stuff coming up on tomorrow's program as I continue this conversation with my good friend and mentor, Scott Nauman. I hope you'll tune in then. Call us at 1-800-868-2478. You can write us at Compassion Radio, PO Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Text the word COMPASSION to 53445, or you can visit our website, CompassionRadio.com. Please Don't wait. God bless you for all you do and will do in the future.